0: Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Joe Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Hello, everyone. This is Mad Lit Musings with Jamie Joe Wright. And today I'm super excited. I have Stephen James with me. Hey, Stephen. Hey, how are you? Good, good. It's so good to have you here. Um, For those who aren't familiar with you, which would be a travesty, but if they're not familiar with you, you are a national best-selling novelist. I'm reading your bio, by the way, because I'm that cool and professional that I read these things. That's (laughs) But you are award-winning, pulse-pounding thrillers, um, critical acclaim, growing fan base, Um, Tell us just a little bit about your books, and you've got one that just released here this April, um, called Broker of Trust,
1: or yeah, Broker of Lies. And so, uh, Broker of Lies. No, that's fine. It's all good. So, um, but you know, I started writing uh, nonfiction back in about two thousand one, and then moved toward writing novels in about maybe two thousand six or so. Okay. So since then, I've mainly been writing thrillers suspense novels and uh, but before that I wrote books on how to tell stories on inspirational books and it's interesting like I've written books on how to tell bible stories to preschool children and I write serial killer novels so it's like my wife says it's like inviting Stephen King over to do a puppet show for your kindergarten (laughs) class so I mean but that's just like all different types of stories obviously for different groups you know you're a Sunday school teacher i'm not going to give you my novel as an example of like what type of story to tell but um but so my novels are pretty gritty they're a suspenseful uh thrillers um and and as we were chatting about it earlier i like to ask big questions in the stories if i can like um so you know questions about good and evil and and what are we capable of and does justice exist and if it does what does it look like you know, in the world, or what does it mean to forgive or be forgiven when someone's done the unforgivable, mm-hmm. just different, you know, yeah. super interesting questions that I don't really know the answers to. Like one of the books that I wrote kind of, I, so I don't start with a theme. I start with a dilemma. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah. So like, I don't start with a theme of like love, forgiveness or something like that. I always think of a question or dilemma. Like one of them was, what's more important, protecting the innocent or telling the truth? So if you had to choose, like, if you tell the truth, innocent people die, but, or you could lie and protect their lives, what would you do? So like, to me, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I just want you to think about what's more important, truth or justice. Mm -hmm. And um, so a lot of my friends might start with the idea of, I'm going to write a theme of, of truth or whatever. And, so that's fine. But I always think that it's more interesting to write about dilemmas and questions. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So with uh, you know, with Broker of Lies, I was really asking this question of, is there a difference between justice and vengeance? And basically, where's the line? Hmm. Um, and it's kind of interesting. Like if, so if society doesn't, um, see justice uh, meted out to someone right um, since we should be pursuing justice is it our job to do that individually like mm-hmm. let's say justice is not meted out to someone or but then it's against the law for me to meet the justice out against right. them How does that work and like if you know should we take revenge like god is you know the bible says stuff about like Um, is mine to avenge you know i will repay says the lord or whatever well if we're supposed to be imitators of god where should we draw the line between justice and vengeance and so anyway so to me lots of interesting kind of questions revolve around that and um so so yeah so the new book explores that i've had books that have dealt with uh, you know truth and and the darkness, uh, like kind of drawing this in, like, where Mm. do I, what would it take for me to kind of step over the line and do something unthinkable? Mm. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. And usually when I start, I don't know the answer to the question I'm asking, because if I knew the answer, it wouldn't be a dilemma. It would just be like, all right, it's me just telling you what you should believe. So, so every book to me is a journey uh, a deeper journey philosophically into mm. some of these things that matter most yeah. meaning truth justice life and all of all of the questions that would revolve around those
0: yeah no i love that and i love talking about the the deeper things like that and those conundrums um and and the theme the theme of justice and vengeance is one mm. of those where it 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 at first glance I look at it and I'm like, this is really black and white. And then you start thinking about it and it gets grayer and grayer as you move to the middle. So what tell us a little bit about your journey in discovering that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it justice is so fascinating to me. Like when you look at the world, um the natural world, let's say. Mm-hmm. You don't see any evidence of justice. Like, there's no justice in the jungle. I mean, there is just, no, there is life and there is death. Right. And, and yet, um, we as human beings, any culture that's studied in any era of history, we all want justice. Huh. And so even though there's no evidence for justice in the world, in fact, there's a lot of evidence that justice does not exist in the natural world it doesn't seem to anywhere where we look and yet we all think that it should in this life and so like i remember talking with one person one time about it and i was like do you believe justice exists and he said yes And then I was like, well, then you believe God exists too. And he's like, no, I don't believe God. I was like, okay, well, I'm just, I don't don't understand because (laughs) like to believe that justice exists, you have to believe in an afterlife because in this world, it doesn't always like innocent people get sent to prison. I just saw a story today about, you know, someone who got out after 28 years in prison is horrible and, and innocent, you know, and innocent and and guilty people get away with things, you know, sometimes. So So, without an afterlife where there's a reckoning, then there would be no justice in the world. So, if you believe in justice, that it exists, you must believe that there's an afterlife. And if you believe there's an afterlife, you have to believe there's a God. Uh, So, it's really fascinating for me just to even think about the concept of justice. Right. And whether it exists and why we would expect that it should. Like, we all things should be fair, like, like life should have, you know, be fair or whatever. And so it's so ingrained in us. And, you know, I actually think that's because people are made in the image of God. Like I actually mm-hmm. believe that, right. that, that God is a God of justice and that we naturally think and pursue that because of who we are. Now, People can agree or disagree, but I just find it fascinating to think about. Right. And so in this book, uh, you know, broker of lies, my main character. Um, basically kind of wants revenge on a person that he believes has killed his uh, wife Mm -hmm. and so um as this i guess or justice but he doesn't seem to really differentiate between he wants the person to be punished suffer right to suffer right yeah for what, what the person that he believes killed his wife and so because of that um he asks a lot of questions regarding um if no one else is carrying out justice. Shouldn't I do it? Like, why should it only be in the hands of a group of people called society and not the individuals who make up the society? Right. You know, so, um, And so, but the story is, I mean, obviously it asks philosophical questions, but it's a thriller. I mean, this is kind of an espionage thriller. So all of these questions occur within the realm and the fabric of a, a, a suspense you sure. know a suspense novel right right yeah, so yeah um so I just think that no matter what story it is you're telling whether it's a movie or novel or personal story or whatever um I just kind of feel like the greatest stories the ones that are elevated ask big questions mm-hmm. and so by um uh, by letting him ask some of these questions hopefully that it's not just about a terrorist attack and stopping that, but it's actually a deeper book that will kind of get people thinking about questions. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, I was thinking as you were chatting about the concept of justice and that being evidence for a a higher being or or evidence for God, I was thinking how juxtaposed God sometimes seems when you look at scripture and he's a very just God in a lot of ways. And then there's this other side to him that gives grace when justice is really, does, you know, is deserved. So, you know, how do we reconcile that? Did you discover that answer?
1: (laughs) Like, um, I feel like there's a difference between between justice and mercy. Mm -hmm. Um, So mercy would be giving someone compassion they don't deserve. And justice would be, um, giving, meeting out the punishment that they do deserve. Um, But when I started, you know, reading about justice and injustice, when I was working on this book, I never—I thought I knew what justice was. But then I was reading some books, and I was like, "So you think I didn't really understand? Justice is almost always the—I don't know how to say like when I say taking advantage of. I don't mean in any like physical or sexual sense, but like taking advantage of those with less power." Mm -hmm. And like in throughout the Bible, which you mentioned, like there are lots of places where it says like um, God does not like it when the powerful oppress the poor and things like that. And so I'd never really thought of justice as being the immoral use of power uh, of, of injustice being the immoral use of power or oppression um, but I've started to kind of think that that it is like it's oppressing mm. those who are weaker or in some cases less privileged, or I don't know, whatever term you want to use, but it's the oppression of the strong over um other people, those in power, let's just say. Right. It's oppression and um injustice is very closely tied to to oppressing oppressing other people. Um, and so yeah, it was it's just super interesting journey, like that I hadn't really anticipated to think about Yeah, all of those things. And that, and the more you actually start to actually kind of dive into the Bible, like you mentioned, when you ask these questions there, it's all over the place. Like God loves justice and he hates it when people take advantage of the poor. And, you know, um, so it appears so, so often that I've just but I've never heard a sermon on it. Like you know, no, you know
0: it's, it's true. It's I was trying about to think of that. Yeah.
1: It's like it's there, but people don't really talk about it that much. And I don't know why it's exactly, but but um, but I do feel like mercy is um is is and compassion are super important, um, obviously as well. And so um and and just we love to say we want things to be fair. Right. We we love to say we want justice to be done, but we really don't because like, would you really want to get a fine for every time you ever broke the law speeding in your life? Like, oh, that I've, would never
0: broke, no, I've never broke. No, i never broke that yeah. ever. Like
1: That would be just <laughs> if, you know, if suddenly someone came is oh, like, I really want life to be fair. Okay. And we were able to look back over your life and fine you for every time you broke the speed limit. That right. would be fair yeah because it you're would. not supposed to make the speed limit correct but we don't want that no, <laughs> we, we don't. really don't want it. we want it <laughs> to be fair as long as it benefits us right you no know, fair in that yeah. term but um so uh yeah so it's lots of cool questions to you know stories always to me um are built around um unmet design tension tension let's say mm-hmm. so if i start a story knowing all the answers then i've taking the tension away and all i'm trying to do is beat my beat people in the head with whatever answer i came up with but Mm -hmm. but instead to actually say huh maybe i never thought about that way well what does it mean and is there a line and does the line between justice and vengeance move what moves it um is it different for different cultures should it be or should it not be um yeah interesting interesting stuff to think about
0: Oh, it is so interesting too, because I was even thinking about justice from the standpoint of, you mentioned vengeance. I'm like, what is pure, what determines pure justice? So justice with the intentions of giving what is deserved versus, I don't know, I'm coining my own terms here, but (laughs) impure justice where, yeah, I want justice for this. It is deserved for this, but I also maybe have a personal revenge or personal vendetta included. And and where's the line between those, or is there
1: one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my main character really does have to make a decision about what his view will be at the end when he has a gun and he's huh. aiming it at the person that he believes has killed his has killed his wife, and so he has to face that choice of what to do, um, and uh, and what role he should be playing in this instance. Um, so it was not really an easy um, scene to come up with and, and to figure out how everything resolves, but, right. but uh, yeah, so, so it was, it was fascinating. And, and for me, that's why i I always write organically. You probably know that, like, that I don't outline or plot anything. Right. I don't follow templates and formulas like that, so I'm, I'm for me writing is a is journey of discovery as I'm writing I'm like I don't know what's gonna happen and then mm-hmm. oh, that was surprising, cool well that's interesting, yeah. so yeah so that happened with with uh, with this book for sure,
0: that's awesome it sounds like a, a thrilling book I love I love the deeper questions that you're you're putting in the books too because I think that makes. Um, a story richer when you come out of it and you're still chewing on the story long after the book is closed because it's it's brought up questions that you have to consider
1: yeah I hope so you know there's nothing wrong with reading books that simply entertain I get that and I love it enter- of course I want to be entertained so I want right. my books to do that at the very least entertain <laughs> so they're super thrilling as much as I can make them I think what, what, what you just mentioned though, is great. Like if you can tell a story that super entertains people and then at the end leaves them thinking and maybe growing or, you know, processing things in a way they hadn't thought of before. I think that's, that really is amazing. Like if you can do that, do it both too many times, like a book comes out and you read and you're like, oh, he's just beating me over the head with what he wants me to think or feel Uh or something. That's not as helpful. And there, and there are some where you're like, okay, well, that was really interesting. It was like spectacle, and it's gone, and it didn't really do anything. But if you can have story, and um, and like, uh, um, well, like a deeper, deeper thought, like we were talking about, um, then then that really elevates it. Um, I've been thinking over the last couple of years, my view of the story has changed, actually. Okay. Like, I thought I knew what a story was for many years. Um, and I taught story, I wrote two books on writing, right? I have a master's degree in storytelling, so I was like, I think I know what a story is, but I've actually changed my view of what I think a, a story is. And so, I feel like all stories have four elements, but all great stories have two additional elements. Mm. So, um, so basically, I'll just go through it really really yeah, quick yeah. but basically um and you'll be like steve literally this took you 30 years to come up with that a story needs a character yes a story needs a character so yeah i know that one seems pretty obvious and then there needs to be a setting and time and place so that seems obvious as well a lot of people would say that a story needs plot but i don't think that's the i don't think that is really the next aspect so you need a character in a setting but also you need a struggle
0: mm-hmm.
1: so So um, if there's nothing to overcome, there's nowhere for the story to go. So something has to go wrong. And then there's pursuit. That's the fourth thing. So pursuit Mm -hmm. is where the character has a deep desire to obtain, avoid, overcome, avenge, withstand something, whatever that might be. And they make choices dictated by that desire. So those four things, you can't have a story without the four. Right. You can't really have a story without a struggle or without a setting or without a character or even without pursuit because if you take pursuit away you just have bad stuff happening to someone and that's like well yeah yeah so so those four you can have a story and a lot of stories just have those four but they're not as um powerful but to really elevate your story so you need the next two which is a pivot is what I, it's what I call a pivot so pivot is a moment in which something unexpected and inevitable occurs so it has to be both yeah. aspects so for instance if your story was like a detective story let's say and your readers are reading it and they're like oh I think I know who did this like I know who did it he did it in the library he killed him in the library with the candlestick or whatever and then that's exactly where it goes it's going to be too predictable. Readers are going to be like mad. They're like, no, I completely figured that out like 200 pages ago. So it's too predictable. So in that case, it's inevitable, but it's not unexpected. On the other hand, if it's simply unexpected, like you're writing your Amish romance and suddenly these aliens land, shoot the cows with photon rays and take off into space, you're like, well, that was unexpected, (laughs) but it's probably not inevitable. So it has to have both. Otherwise, it's too outlandish or too predictable. And I just don't feel like people are really taught to write from a pivot or to write toward a pivot that yeah. they should. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of stories you read, it's like suddenly something just happens to solve everything at the end. It's it's too um, unbelievable or it's just too predictable. It's boring. Um, so you need that pivot. And then payoff is the last. And that is where the story really does ask some deeper questions or maybe you know, if it's a romance story, it makes you cry or it's a mm-hmm. humorous story, you laugh or it's a horror story and you, you know, you're scared, you know, but it has payoff in the end. And so it's deeper than just the events occurring. They actually there's deeper meaning within it. And yeah. and so as I write, I'm really trying to keep those six aspects in mind in every scene mm-hmm. and in the story as a whole. So like if a scene doesn't have a pivot, I feel like it still needs work okay um yeah because it's going to be too predictable right like oh i know exactly what's going to happen or it's going to be too like unbelievable Mm -hmm. so without the pivot and so it's been super interesting over the last few years to sort of teach people to rethink what a story is and when people just say like a story has a beginning a middle and an end that's super not helpful because Everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end, like a bratwurst no has a beginning, <laughs> a middle, and an end. You know.
0: Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, so
1: it's like not super helpful, but it also it it makes people think that stories are about the progression of events instead of a collision of desire. Mm. And so, stories are not just about things occurring. That's that's a, a report. I woke up this morning. I had coffee. I came downstairs. I did this podcast. Whatever. That's not a story. And so, to really get people to move back. From that whole aspect and say okay like what really is a story well it relies on tension mm-hmm. relies on unmet desire relies on pursuit relies on these moments that pivot the story forward and all of a sudden you can start writing faster better with less revisions because you're actually getting to the core and the heart of what a story is all about
0: yeah yeah I love that. I'm going to start, you know, go back and replay this whole podcast and take a whole <laughs> lot of notes there, <laughs> but it's, it's so true though, you know, and, and then when you are addressing those deeper themes in your book too, um, those themes start interweaving between those pivoting moments and those, those opportunities to boost that p- story forward and also boost the question forward in the mind of the reader um, as to what they're struggling with and, and wrestling with in that story
1: yeah wrestling is a good you know struggle is a good word wrestling is a good word it's like so often stories when people come to a story with this whole idea of like oh we need a first act and a second act and a third act well stories might have three they might have you know way more than three um acts and so um the whole idea of thinking just simply about the temporal aspect of story without diving into the actual elemental forces within a story, I think is not as helpful.
0: Yeah, I would totally, I would totally agree with that. All right. So Broker of Lies comes out in April and um, that's coming out from Tyndale Publishing. but you have a whole backlist so there's no (laughs) shortage of Stephen james books if people want to read them
1: (laughs) i've written a few over the years so there's i think 18 novels and almost 40 other books i've done over the last 30 years but but for the most part um you know the last 15 years have been writing thrillers and suspense Mm -hmm. novels so yeah people could always you know look for them anywhere where they look for um you know books or or StephenJames.net has links to all the publishers and buyers and stuff like that you know
0: yeah great so yeah if you're an aspiring writer too there's some books that you've written to help with that and and that's awesome (laughs) so um i really appreciate you being here today this is great um i'm going to go start looking up the word justice and vengeance (laughs) in the bible now because i'm starting to think you know i have all these thoughts going through my head now going but god is so often talked about as being unjust and the world looks at him as unjust. So how can he be just and unjust? Or is so? Yeah, my brain's just kind of swirling <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> no, that's no, that's good. And I mean, the question is, you know, if there's evil in our world, is God just, or is He evil, or does He impotent to be able to not address those issues? Is He right. not all good, or is He not all powerful? And I, I love to talk about those questions with people, and I think they're legitimate, you know, questions discussions to have and so um it's you know for me it's just like what i mean our lives are short and so big questions matter literally like, well, it's good to talk about them i mean you yeah. shouldn't, shouldn't be afraid <laughs> no
0: well and arrested, i think sometimes you know, yeah, people so. are afraid to talk about them for fear they're going to come up with a wrong answer but yeah, you can't come up it. with any answer if you don't talk about them so
1: yeah so it's it's great to think about and I feel like, um, I really appreciate your, your, you know, the the time to be here, but also just to talk about some of these important, fun issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and, um, blessings to you as your book releases and you continue on. So, and you have a podcast too. We should throw in that. You have a podcast.
1: You were on it. And so that's amazing. So, um, but it's called the story blender and I interview some of the leading storytellers, writers, and, and, um, filmmakers in the world. And, uh, so it's, it's a weekly podcast. It's free. You can just search for the Story Blender wherever you listen to them or storyblender.com has more information. But awesome. it's been fun. I mean, I've interviewed about 200 of some of the best, you know, known writers in the world. And and I always just ask them, you know, what are the secrets to a great story? And so it's it's been super fun to, to yeah. do that, pick their ranks.
0: It's a good podcast, so I encourage everybody to go listen to it because I, I enjoy listening to that. And and there's a lot of archived episodes I have to get through yet, but this is good.
1: Yeah, there are a few.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. And maybe we can have you on again to discuss more deep questions in the future.
1: Sounds good. We'll do it.
0: Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Mad Lit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at JamieWrightbooks.com.